Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I have done some investigating and I have finally figured it out. I mean, it took me a long ass time because we've been seeing it for around about 84,000 months. But as it turns out, if Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax do not have a tag team contest on a WW related show, the earth as we know it will implode and we'll all be dead. So rather than just sit around and complaining about it, maybe we should start sending them some letters and say thanks. And of course, given that I have mentioned that, it means we are about to go through another WWE show, which, yes, did have a Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler match. And their streak right now is pretty damn good, like NBA Jam there on fire. But my name is Tyron from What Culture. Thank you very much for watching me as always. And make sure you take your own finger of powers, because it's time to up those downs for the latest episode of Raw. Ashley was back with his lady friends to kick off this week's show. And after WWE had shown a video recapping everything that had happened last week, these lady friends started to boo. I was like, do they not understand video technology? Do they think that's live? And if they do, why aren't they confused that they can see another version of themselves? Anyway, you probably could have predicted this entire opening segment given what we have been doing on Raw post-WrestleMania because Bobby Lashley and MVP hate Drew McIntyre, but now they also hate Kofi Kingston, who they described as a cartoon. Drew McIntyre then arrived at the top of the stage and he was all like, well, if it wasn't for MVP at WrestleMania, I'd be the champion. And if it wasn't for Braun Strowman just in general, that would also be true. And now he thinks that Bob doesn't want to face him on a one-on-one contest because he doesn't have any balls. And then he turned to lady friends and he said, is this true? And all the lady friends look very offended. So I'm glad to say that we know that yes, Bobby Lashley absolutely has testicles. Kofi eventually turned up as well and reminded everyone, wait a minute, why are we having this conversation? I beat the WWE champion last week, so I should be front and center. And then he just got wrecked by everyone, because Bobby was like, yeah, well, you only won because of Drew McIntyre. And then Drew turned to him and said, you're welcome. I mean, we couldn't have made this feel any more like a fluke. It annoyed Kofi as it would, and he made it very clear the reason that he did accept this challenge is after he lost the WWE title, he didn't get one rematch, and yet here's the Scottish psychopath, and he's had around about 8,429. I was like, Kofi, that is a very good point. The final step of this was Adam Pearce coming out and saying, hey, I've got an idea. Tonight, we're going to do Kofi Kingston versus Drew McIntyre, and whoever wins that will take on Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. 
and everybody nodded because they all agreed. Now this was a really good ending and I was really intrigued by that match, but also it went on so long. You could have achieved the same thing in half the time and probably snuck another wrestling match onto Raw, but we didn't do that and we always have to have these mirandering opening segments. Can we not just do something once in a while? Because that's got to get a doubt. And another reason for that is because, again, I was so pumped for this contest. I thought, oh, what a great idea. And Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston. That's really fresh. And we had to get to the stinking finish. Now, before we do talk about that, I just have to take my hands and put them together. Because Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston really did have a brilliant contest. And they are one of a few on this night's Raw. They deserve a couple of thumbs up. So I'm giving them a couple of thumbs up. And when you give something a thumbs up, it also gets an up. They are terrific, and I want to repeat that, terrific professional wrestlers. It also benefited from the fact that I didn't really know what WWE was going to do, because of course Drew McIntyre made perfect sense, but a couple of years ago, all of a sudden Kofi was thrust into the main event, and I never thought anybody would do that, so I did just have this tiny feeling of, oh, maybe I'm going to be surprised. Instead, after over 20 minutes of admittedly very good sports entertaining, Bobby Lashley and MVP just attacked Drew and Kofi at the same time, meaning it was a double DQ. And I thought about pulling my eyes out then, but I had a chat with Rey Mysterio and he said, don't do it. But it really sucks because I was so bought into this and I should have known. So you know what? More fool me. I should have learned by now. WWE does this all the time. They just hate clean finishes. That's the truth. Xavier Woods got involved afterwards to help his friend because he was getting the absolute crap kicked out of him. And it ended with Drew McIntyre hitting his move and Kofi Kingston hitting his move. And then them both looking very upset, as would you of anything. Imagine you dedicated 20 plus minutes of your life to something and all you had to show for it was nine. So I was just so disappointed. Even if Kofi had lost, I'd be like, well, at least he gave it a good opportunity. I mean, sports. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Not on Raw. Down. Also, we've got to bring it down. There it is, the DQ board. 30. Goes up to 30. 30 disqualifications in 2021 alone. We then just had the most out-of-nowhere segment because Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley were having an argument. It was like, well, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. When Nikki Cross, hello, Nikki Cross, walked in and said, actually, I think I'm better than both of you. Why don't we have a match? She was then treated like gubbins because Flair was like, oh, Rhea, I bet you couldn't even beat her in two minutes. So Ripley was like, all right, fine. I'm going to go out there and have a two-minute match and poor Nikki Cross she was trying to just like radiate happiness and positivity into it but she was treated like some kind of troll. Charlotte also wanted to try this but she can't because she's already booked against Oscar and yes we're gonna get all of this later on. We then had another Eva Marie video and it was the same one they played last week she went oh I want to be Angelona Jolie and to be honest I'm past this now I think she should just debut on the show and then it was Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Cross and I didn't understand this at all. Because it all came down to this beat the clock thing. Like Even before we began, we were told the sole aim here is for Rhea Ripley to beat Nikki Cross in two minutes. And then when she wasn't able to do it, she lost. And everyone was like, ha, 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 Rhea Ripley, you absolutely suck. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. One, Nikki Cross is a good competitor, right? She's not just a piece of cheese. But also, two, if you are going to put your champion in this kind of situation, put her against someone that she can beat in two minutes. Because again, she's your champion. Look at her spangly wangly belt. But it wasn't Linda McMahon, was it? It was Nikki Cross, who I do believe has also had gold around her waist. I mean, it just stands to reason. Just if you have somebody who is at the top of the card, have them dominate people. So fans will go, well, I can understand why they are the champion. They're really, really good. Totally perplexing. And you don't just next week, Nikki Cross will poof 
vanish into dust. I also just don't get raw anymore. I know I'm saying that all the time, but that's because it's true. But we are just stuck in this internal loop of rematches, 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 which is never going to end. I am going to die before we actually have some kind of new match on Raw, which isn't true because we do get one later. But basically, Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre went to Adam Pearce and they were like, well, I didn't really appreciate what happened just there. And Adam Pearce said, well, next week we can do the match again. Why are we doing the match again? I flipping just saw it. Adam Pearce also promised to stop the Hurt Business interfering and we'll just zoom forward to that bit because later on he called Bobby Lashley and MVP into the office and said, even if you're at ringside next week, I will suspend you for 90 days. Why isn't that the rule all of the time? If you think somebody is going to interfere, just put a blanket law in place. Wrestling can be really stupid. No, that's not fair. Raw. Raw can be stupid. The other issue with this too is that I can't be excited about it because I have now become conditioned, look at me standing here all conditioned, that I'm not going to get a winner or a loser and that really should never be the case. Saying that, finally we then did have a winner or loser, so now I look stupid, although you can still pick holes in the story, which is what I am gonna do, but up. Because it was Charlotte Flair versus Oscar, and admittedly we are doing this a lot, but I just think they have great chemistry, and I always get something from it when they do have a little bit of a voice. But we shall just talk about the finish, because that is where the major discussion points are. But because last week Oscar had beaten Charlotte Flair with the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment the suppose rolled up, this week, Charlotte Flair, oh, it's great, isn't it? Had to be Oscar with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Because why use anything else? Why would you? If I was a wrestler, if WWE ran me out tomorrow and said, Simon, do you want to come in and be a wrestler? I'd be like, man, I'm not very experienced. Be yeah, sure, I'll come. If they said to me, what's your finishing move? I'd be like, surprise roll up. Ain't nobody kicking out of that. It came as Oscar was going for the Oscar lock and Charlotte was able to reverse it. But the really brain-melting part was when later on in the show, they went, guys, because Charlotte... Charlotte Flair beat Oscar at Hell in the Cell. It's going to be Charlotte versus Rhea. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Last week, Oscar beat Charlotte Flair. So why hasn't she been handed the same opportunity? And I blame myself for this one. Because for ages, I've been going, can we stop doing the whole thing where we go, oh, hey, can I have a title match, please? And the champion goes, of course you can. And instead, WWE has made it even lazier. So, oh, yeah, well, I think you won something. Sure, go ahead. You can't justify that one, though. You cannot justify it. And I'm hoping I'm going to keep everything crossed that Oscar comes out next week and mentions this. That could mean we do a triple threat again at Hell in a Cell, but at least it would make sense. Amazingly too, I think we're actually going to do something long-term with Shelton Benjamin versus Cedric Alexander, and I will not lie, that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy down in that there tum-tum. And sure, you can argue it's not ideal, but I honestly thought this was just going to vanish into the abyss, so I will take it. And we have a story. Cedric Alexander thinks Shelton Benjamin is too old, so obviously Shelton Benjamin thinks Cedric Alexander is a bit of a punk. They had another match here, and it's 50-50 booking as always, but I love these guys up. And it is a shame that we are doing that, but the upside is that maybe we get to Hell in a Cell and they actually have a showcase match. I thought this was really good too, with some excellent back and forth. Shelton Benjamin especially continues to prove, oh, by the way, I'm the best wrestler no one ever did anything properly with. And it all came down to the fact that Segret waited until the referee wasn't looking. He poked Benjamin right in the eye. He hit him with the neuralizer and he got the one, two, three. And up to that point, I was convinced Shelton Benjamin was going to win. So this was a nice little twist. Raw was a bit like a ladder this week too, in the sense we started on the bottom rung. I mean, the rung was kind of in the floor going down into hell. But as we got going, we slowly but surely started to climb up because our next match was Xavier Woods versus Riddle. And we all know the narrative there. 
And this was not only the best thing on the night, but it was so flabbing good, you owe it to yourself to go and watch this. Up. They got loads of time, which really pleased me too. And they were grappling at first. And they were both really good at it. And then they were trading strikes. They were trading suplexes. They were trading clotheslines. And Xavier picked Riddle up in this crazy power suplex at one point. And my word, I was impressed. It always felt like Riddle was about to get the upper hand too. But Woods had an answer, especially when they were fighting on the apron. And Xavier Woods gave Riddle this fireman carry slam thing of Bob onto that, which as we know is the hardest part of the ring. Riddle then went for the bro Derek, but Woods countered that with a drop kick into the corner. And when they were scrapping over there, Riddle hit Xavier Woods with a German suplex off the second rope. And poor Xavier, he landed right on his head. They continued to do this for ages as well, which calmed my nerves, because I assumed that Xavier Woods' head was still working. When from nowhere, Riddle hit the RKO and he pinned Woods and he got the one, two, three. He was also doing facial expressions here that kind of made it seem that Randy Orton has snuck his way into his head. So this match really did have everything. I mean, I love this evolution of RK bro and how we've snuck the New Day into this and how we have finally allowed Xavier Woods to remind everyone, oh, by the way, I'm a good professional wrestler. And of course, the takeaway is that Orton is teaching Riddle how to be a massive dick. So it's just wrestling Star Wars. Seriously though, bravo all around and easily the best thing on Raw. We then fell back down that ladder though and broke every bone in our body. AJ Styles versus Jackson Riker down. It went two minutes and when AJ Styles was on the outside, Alaris ran in, he hit AJ with a knee or something, threw him back in, Riker hit another move and he got the one, two, three. And I'm sure they will make Captain Bacard happy, but nobody else. And afterwards, Omos ran out and he got these two and he threw one of them through the entrance boards. But then we have a massive question mark there too. Ever since the dawn of time, Omos has been coming out to the ring with AJ Styles, but this time he didn't just so we could do the distraction finish. So I really would like to know why WWE hates their own tag team titles. I was so pumped when AJ Styles and Omos got put together because I thought that was a really interesting act. But now they are feuding with two guys who have never earned this opportunity. They're just there. But yes, we mentioned distraction and it was a distraction. I mean, AJ got assaulted, pull it down, the distraction board, Rolls up to 63. We then found out that Humberto Carrillo is healed. Genuinely, all jokes aside, that is good because he got crumpled by Sheamus a couple of weeks ago and it did not look good. We then had Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo and look, it was fine. It was all right. Sheamus kind of killed him, but I had fun up. There wasn't much to it aside from the fact that we did have to use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment again because Humberto went for his own, but Sheamus kind of sat on him and held the tights because he is a bad guy and he got the three count. Again, it was just there, what are you gonna do? He started to beat up Creo afterwards because he can't help himself because he's shameless and he's all crazy until Ricochet came out there and then these guys were hitting flips and dips and doing all the floppy doodah stuff. So I suppose next week or maybe at the pay-per-view, we do a handicap match and Sheamus will kick both of their heads off. We then went into an interview with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler and Reginald. Boy howdy, Shayna Baszler, she ain't happy. Because she was blaming all her recent losses on these two, especially Reginald, because he keeps causing distractions, which means she doesn't win. That's like Shayna, distractions, welcome to Raw. Jax tried to explain that it was magical voodoo or something, but Shayna was having none of it and she looked at Reginald and said, look, we have a tag team title match next and you're not allowed to come out there and if you do, you'll be dead. We then did have this match for the women's tag team titles and it was our main event and I will always stand by that. If you are putting championships on the line and you're not defending any other belts, it should go on last. 
but you already know how this went because it went the same as every single one of these matches do. So we've got to get it down. Because it's just so lazy and it's just a slap in the face. And it also means we don't talk about the match itself, which I actually thought was all right. And we just go to the finish. Because Reginald ignored Shayna Baszler and he did walk out here. And once more, he caused a distraction. However, this time he did it when Natalia had locked Baszler into the sharpshooter, but didn't see that Shayna had reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. So she had the titles won, but because he was distracting the referee, well, he screwed her again. This sent her nuts as she got in Reginald's face and told him, look, you better get to the back. And then for the second week running, all of a sudden, there was a massive explosion, I guess because Alexa Bliss had done one of her potions. And this essentially burned Reginald alive and it distracted Shayna which allowed Natalia to get the pin and win. And of course she did use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And honestly, we're gonna have to bring a board back from that soon because there's just so many. And the best bit was afterwards, Shayna grabbed Reginald and said, look, next week you and I are gonna have a match and I'm gonna beat you up so badly, you'll be sad that those flames didn't actually set you on fire. So she has lost her damn mind. And now I have to worry for seven days because you know what's gonna happen. We will do that match and it will end with Alexa Bliss going hullabaloo and using her magic. I don't think I'm ready for it. Before we do leave though, yes, that's another distraction. So bring it back 64. I do like the fact that Natalia and Tamina held on to their tag team championships. I'd like to see them have a big reign, but they need new opponents. They need no more surprise roll-ups and they absolutely need no more flipping distractions. Which brings us to the end of Raw. And the good bit was this was filled with matches. Sometimes we don't get matches at all, but overall it was still just a roller coaster of madness. And the stories, which, you know, kind of are the most important thing, make absolutely no sense. That's why it's going to get it down. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.